I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. When we start out in the design business, it's all hustle. You know, you pick up every single thing that falls at your feet. Anything you can get close to designing or helping somebody with, you pick up and you do it. And you try to turn it into a job. You try to turn it into profit. And it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. And at that point, you don't have a fancy marketing plan. Of course not. Or a business plan with benchmarks. No way. No way. But now that you have more good clients and you're making more money and you have bigger expenses, it's time to get strategic about how you're going to reach your revenue goals. You know, flying by the seat of your pants, uh, jumping into jobs, just get started, go, just try to do it, hoping it's going to work, hoping the clients are going to show up and continue with the job, hoping you make a profit is, is, a, is just a thing of the past. You can't do that anymore. You have graduated. You've graduated to creating um, great concepts for clients and having clear and honest money and budget conversations. You're, you're writing letters of agreement that define exactly what you're going to provide and how much and when you're going to get paid. You're presenting fees that cover all of your time plus some. You got it going on. Yeah, this is fun. This is, this is the cool part, right? But then there's the stuff that isn't so cool. Like KPIs and targets and goals and data and numbers and that sort of thing. And if you're like me, that's just, just not your jam. <laughs> just not, right? Can make your eyes cross to look at all those numbers. Yet it's incredibly important. And the, the interesting thing about that is that the idea of having to look at numbers, do math, brings up all kinds of resistance, shows up in forms like, oh, I don't, I don't like numbers. I'm not good at math. I don't understand bookkeeping. I don't know what the accounting is. I don't know what those reports say. It's all, all of that stuff starts coming up and pushing back on this with this idea that I got my own design business. So I'd have some freedom, right? But don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, there's all this pushback on this. But if you want to grow your six-figure business into seven figures or multiple seven figures, you have, you have to look at this, you know. And if you're trying to get your life back at the same time, it becomes even more important. This is what we teach in structure program. This is, this is my jam over in structure. Um, and, and at some point, you've got to get used to be, to looking at numbers in your business. It's, it's simply part of doing it. Um, but it doesn't need to be so hard, right? The trick to tracking your numbers in your business and your benchmarks is to keep it really, really simple and focus on your goal. Focus on where you want to be instead of the resistance that comes up when you need to do it. Okay. 
So why are KPIs, and, and just to define that, KPI stands for Key Business Indicators. Okay, that's a, that's a business term. You're going to see it all over the place as you're moving up in your business and getting out of the, the just producing part of your business, the just, the, you know, the just, just do the job, do the design, and you're starting to build a business, right? That has revenue, that has a team behind you that works for you, that puts you in a place where you can actually walk away from the business, take a vacation, walk away for three weeks and still have the income flowing, still have the business moving. In order to do that, you've really got to start paying attention to the numbers. Okay. It's really, really simple. And keeping your focus on the goal of where you're going is the most important part. And then letting go of all the pushback that your brain comes up with about not being good at math or whatever those things. I hear it. I hear it when we teach accounting and forms and how to read those things. I hear it from everybody, but everybody really is capable of doing it. You just need to simplify it a little bit. So why are those KPIs so important? Well, because they help you see what's ahead, okay? It's important to know where you're going, and it's important to be able to see uh, forward a little bit. Think of it like headlights on your car at night, okay? If you didn't have any headlights, you would be traveling totally in the dark, and if there was an obstacle in the road, you'd run into it, right? And you'd, you'd be in trouble. It would be, it would not be pleasant right? But on the other hand, if you have your headlights on, you could see ahead a ways. And if there's something there, you're forewarned and you can avoid it. Okay. You can stay safe. You know, numbers and data in your business are very much like having headlamps on your car. I think that's a great analogy because the data on your business will tell you what's going on ahead of time before it turns into a big mess. You're able to check into this and know what's happening and when it's going to, when it's going to happen. Um, then you can, you could come up with a plan to avoid whatever's coming along and, and be safe and profitable and good in your business. Okay. So here's the point. You don't need to measure everything in your business. Just a few things to keep you um, on the track to reaching your success. About three to five of them is enough. And you're going to say, well, Terry, what three to five? What really are you talking about? What would KPIs be in a design business? Well, you could start with gross sales. Okay. Being really clear about how much and what you're selling every month. Okay. So if you're trying to reach, say, say 600,000, okay, you need $50,000 a month in sales to do that. Now, that isn't a whole lot in this business. Now, you don't want to make yourself crazy because you missed the 50 this month, but next month you did 120. So, you know, you're okay. It, it's okay. You know, it, 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 it flows along, right? You don't want to put artificial pieces in there, but you want to be aware of what you're doing. And if you're close to where you want to be, and if you're not, we need to course correct. We need to figure out what, what do you need to do to get back on track so that that works. Okay. So, you know, think of it this way. If you wanted to reach a mill, you need about 85,000 a month. Two mill takes about 165,000 a month. Okay. Those are basic KPIs that you could be looking at along the way. I mean, you could break it down into the week if you want. It was a little easier to deal with, but being aware of what you're doing and what you're selling is really important. Okay. 
Another piece that you could measure that would be very important would be the profit margin on your product sales. Okay. Now that needs to be a pretty consistent number. And if you're running retail, that's going to be a pretty high number. You want to be able to measure that and see what you're running at. And then realize that if you have a job that comes through that doesn't have that kind of margin, that's running at like 10% or 20%, what do you need to do to fix that? I'm sure you've heard me talk about the idea that that using retail vendors who pay 10% or 20% or something like that is not the way to run your design business. Now, obviously, you may need to pick something up from one of those places now and then just because it's the right thing. But to actually do a job that's only going to pay you 10% on your product, you're not going to make it. You're not going to, you're not going to have a business. Okay. That's, you know, you're, cl you're close to the charity project, right? So, so paying attention to what those margins are, being very aware of what those margins are, are really important to your business bottom line. And, and the fact that you can, you can pay everybody that you need to pay, including yourself. Okay. Another thing to measure, one of my biggies when I was running my studio is tracking internally, not externally, it's just not for anybody to see, but internally how long it took to do a particular job. How many hours did we actually put into it? And then look at that number versus what we charged as a fee. Okay, that's an important, important thing to look at because there will be jobs where where you came in way, way under in time on the fee. It's like, didn't, you know, you, you, you booked 50 hours to get this thing done and you actually did it in 35. Fabulous, right? That's great. That's what we all want. All right. And then the next one comes along and you realize it took you 20 hours more than you predicted to do the job. Well, why? Okay. When, when you check those things on a regular basis, Okay. Not at the end of the year and wonder what happened, but consistently, I, I, you know, weekly would be good. Right? When you check those things on a regular basis, when there's something off like that, you can get into it and figure out, well, what did we do? What, what did we screw up in that, that, that caused that overage an hour that cost us so many times? Well, you know, the client did this or that. I mean, maybe it's something you put in the letter of agreement, a boundary, a new boundary. <laughs> Perhaps that's usually what, you know, in my studio, that's usually what happened. Client did something that we <laughs> hadn't predicted and it took longer and, you know, we had to do more than we predicted. Um, so that's something you could put into your letter of agreement so that you had a boundary around that. And conversely, when you look at the job that it took far fewer hours to get there, what did you do? What caused that? Can we do that again? Okay. What is it that made that work so well? Because when you can see that in real time, um, you can start using that information to correct the course you're on and create more profit for your business. Now, another thing to take a look at, another direction we want to look at is how many, how many leads came in. Now, leads, leads to define that, um, are, are, are incoming calls either by referral or by website or, you know, however they show up, but incoming calls, people who are, who are interested in hiring you. They haven't hired you yet. It's just the incoming call, right? How many of those are you getting? Um, because that's a direct reflection on your marketing. If there's not enough to supply your business and keep everything going, then obviously you need to be looking at marketing and say, all right, what do I need to do here to up that number? Okay. 
by the same token, you could have lots of leads and not close very many of them, not take many of those and turn them into jobs. If that's happening, then there's something wrong in the way you're marketing. In other words, you're aiming at the wrong person. You know, when we talk about ideal client, we're really specific about who that person is and how and and how they live and where they shop and who they are and how where they work and, and what the problem is they need solved. All right. A lot of times I've seen and with designers I've worked on who are getting plenty of leads. It's just not the leads they want. Why? Well, if you go look at the website, you can see it. You can see it's attracting the wrong person. They're getting lots of persons, but it's not the persons you want. All right. So that means we need a course correction in the website or perhaps with the marketing agency. Uh, perhaps they didn't understand who you wanted or, or they're just not able to connect to that, to that level of client, one or the other. But, but you can make that correction early on instead of suffering for a year and in not having the clients that you need and, and paying them at the same time. We don't want to do that. Okay. We want to know in real time how this is working so we can make those corrections. So how many leads, how many of those leads turned into actual jobs becomes very important. And I think I would also be looking at what is the income that was produced by those leads that turned into jobs? And does that more than pay for what it's cost to market to those people? Because if it doesn't, you need to stop, get rid of that immediately, okay, and try something else. Now, sometimes marketing is that way. It's a matter of of trying things until you get the piece that works, the piece that really clicks with your client and your city and how everything works. But you want to do it in a real-time basis and quickly, not pay for something for a year and go, oh, you know, this was a dud. This is going absolutely nowhere. Okay. So, so that's, those are things that can be KPIs in your business. Those are things that could be really, um, really helpful for you to figure out where you're going. Now, you know, it's not so hard to develop those. It's really, it's really pretty easy. <laughs> pretty easy. These, they are numbers for the most part that could come through your, um, your accounting, your bookkeepers to know what's going on. Um, you can certainly track the number of leads. There's, there's all those pieces that are like measuring points for your business to see where you're at and if you're on track or not. Um, so it's not about spending hours and hours looking at pages and pages of data and listening to, <laughs> and listening to the social media people <laughs> go through all of their numbers and metrics and justify what they're doing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, th th that stuff kind of makes me crazy as well. Um, I'd really like to see, you know, after all those things of how they're justifying, they measure this, measure that, measure that's great. Okay. I want to know is, are the people you're bringing in potential clients or are you just bringing me bodies? Right. Pretty important. <laughs> Pretty important. Right. And if I'm just getting bodies and they're not ideal leads that we're going to turn into ideal clients, then that marketing has to go. Okay. Regardless of what, you know, what they're saying and what's going on, you need to measure what's happening so that you can course correct and keep this going in the right direction. Okay. So checking these numbers weekly allows the designer to know what's going on and allows that course correction. Okay. This is how you take, you take your $600,000 uh, business and turn it to 1.1 mil. 
that's how it happens is being closely connected to what's happening and adjusting it as you go. Um, very much like, like designing, uh, designing a kitchen. I mean, as you lay out a kitchen and put all those boxes in, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. You got to tweak it a little bit, shorten this up. Um, this, this, you know, this passageway is a little too narrow. We need to shift that. You know, all those little tweaks that you do with design, you can do with your business if you just have a little bit of, of information simply information. You know, another another way to look at it, as I was saying that, would be one of the reasons um, of doing 3D, three-dimensional design, is when you, and thinking about like doing a kitchen or a bathroom, when you're putting all those boxes in and rearranging everything, is being able to walk through it um, in three dimensions and see where it's perhaps too tight, okay? Or, or something doesn't feel good. You know, you can start to see because you have that information, because you have that data in front of you, you can see what's going to work and what's not going to work, and you can correct it on paper ahead of time, right? Very, very valuable. These KPI and data points that you can collect for your business work the same way. They allow you to see what's happening um, at an overview, you know, at a big, a big over, you know, over the over the top view to see really what's going on. So it's much, much easier to reach your end of the year revenue goals because you've been able to tweak this a little bit all the way along. So quite frankly, this is how you predictably, predictably reach seven figures or multiple seven figures. Okay. It, it's part of the plan. It's, it's, it's the piece where you put the business hat on. You stop working in the business like an employee and you put your business hat on and look at really what's going on in your business just the way you look at like you look at a design and say, how does this actually work? What's really happening here? What's, what's the most important thing? Now, this kind of analysis and this kind of, of looking at benchmarks and KPIs and that sort of thing is a big piece of what we do in our structure program. Okay. That's a place where we work with designers who have a good client base. They've got the money thing going. They've figured out how to write the letters of agreement and get the budgets and do, do all those pieces that kick up the income. Now, now it's about turning, turning your good job with helpers <laughs> into a business, into a real business. Okay. And that is what will gain you the freedom to get your life back and keep the income at the same time. So we invite you to give us a call. Sign yourself up for a, a strategy call. Um, you just go to the website and, and, you know, you'll, you'll sign, you'll see the spot to sign in and set that up and talk to us a little bit about how this works and how we teach this because it's really invaluable to move you from the point where you've got a good paying job. You said, you know, you, we tend to create a, our, for ourselves a job with helpers. Okay. And as we get bigger, we get more helpers, but a job with helpers is not a business. Okay. The shift here is to take it into a business that runs with systems and checks and balances and, and, and things that are rewritten that, that we have 
already laid out so people know what they're supposed to do so that you can have some freedom in your life so that you could, you know, our goal, <laughs> our goal for everybody is to be able to go, say, go to Europe for three weeks and never have to look at a text or an email because you know your staff has everything under control. The money's still flowing. The clients are happy. The design, you know, the deliveries are happening. Everything is chugging along like it's supposed to. And that's what I, we aim for in, in structure. So I'd uh, love to talk to you about that if you're interested. And at that point, um, we can help. So till next time, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're hearing each week, let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on clear, proven, repeatable, step-by-step recipes for attracting ideal luxury clients I share in each episode. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. Till next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.